a pre-show warning to let you know that this episode deals with childhood sexual abuse that is, in several cases, spoken by perpetrators who are very much unrepentant. It ain't for kids. This podcast has never been safe for work, and this one especially. It's a strange one indeed, and admittedly, I probably couldn't have picked a worse final episode of a podcast regarding a documentary to discuss. We're all in agreement on that, and there is an educational purpose here, but still, it's fucked up. The documentary is on YouTube, and the descriptive details are much worse than what we go into, so be warned on that as well. I think we get casually away from the subject matter in the last 20 minutes or so. I'll leave an official timestamp in the show notes for that. But uh, now, on to the worst ever documentary to talk about for the final episode of a documentary-themed podcast. Here is a motion picture film, a thousand feet, 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. We knew he was kind of weird. Like, we was walking up, and Michael thought he knew him. He, he was coming through, he was walking up my house. And Michael thought he knew him, but he didn't. He said, well, y'all want to ride? We said, yeah. And so we started going up the hill. Mike was uh, 12, I believe, and Anthony 13 when I was driving along the road in uh, West Virginia and Mike flagged me down to give them a ride. And the wonderful thing about it was that it was no fuss at all. They both went out of their way to flirt in their own way with me, just with the joyfulness. I mean, just to say, here's the play of life going on and here is something that's uh, not seen by others, but seen and appreciated by me and the people who are participating. We're having a little play together, a little game. I bet there's listeners that are like, seriously? Like when they get into this episode? Yeah, just like me. Same. Same, everybody. Keep in mind, I'm not laughing at what we're going to talk about because it's no laughing matter. No, it's not. But watching you react to this shit is quite entertaining. But this is it, the last Documenteers episode. I'm so mad at you that this is the last episode. Like, I'm actually upset. I'm upset. It's got to be like it's episode 150. It's like a nice bow on it with the, that round. No, 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 no. The fact that episode 150 is the last episode, mm-hmm. fine. Sure. The movie that we're covering for the last episode is why I'm mad at you. Okay. Like, I don't know why this is the note that, that we're ending on. <laughs> I knew. I knew this. Was, I, I, I practically envisioned it step by step in my mind. That this is what you would be saying to me right now. And look, are you like, should we do one more? 
No, you said you're done. I am. You so know, fine. We already had the big uh, goodbye when we said goodbye the first time. The first time around. It feels awkward to go through the whole thing again. But maybe we can, we'll say a few words at the end. Okay. This show did doesn't mean a lot to me, but I just, you know, I do, I'm just at a place and you know some things that we've been going through. Yeah. It's just kind of important. And really just, the world is just different now. Yeah. And even though it feels like we're coming out of things and at the same time we're not, still kind of like, everyone's kind of in a weird place. Yeah. And I really underestimated um, how that everything would just be going back to normal. Yeah, I think we all have. Because since we did the show and stopped it the first time, so much is different. Yeah. Like, extremely different. Um, but yeah, and um, I actually did a, uh, an announcement episode that, will dro- that dropped last Wednesday. Okay. So, people know, and... Um, I gave out my personal email, which is yours truly, Bob Sham, if people want to contact me. Uh, there are several people that have gotten to know through Instagram, mm-hmm. and many of them are on my personal Instagram as well. Yeah, I've got a few people, too, that I interact with regularly from this show, and I love that. And they're cool as shit, and Absolutely. I actually really like these people a lot. Mm-hmm. One person gave us money and was like, hmm, I may have to, after this episode, I may have to... <laughs> Give it back. <laughs> One person made us a Christmas present. Yeah, it's great. It's still on the wall. Still, we, ne- we never took it down, Karen. It's still there. American Movie. 100% the best documentary on the planet. Absolutely. And there's some amazing ones, but nothing's quite like that one. And the reason he said that is because it is American Movie themed Christmas present. Yeah, yeah. That she made us. Right. It's got Mike and... And we love it. Yeah. Good old Mike. I've turned people on to American movie. I shouldn't use that phrasing too too loosely. I should clarify that like I have changed lives in recommending American movie to people. One of our, one of the guys that I that I interact with, uh, I believe because of our podcast, saw um, Pose. Uh, not Pose. Not Pose. Pose is the Paris TV is, show. You're thinking of Paris is Burning. Paris is Burning for the very first time. Another Tin Herzog. It's a perfect film. It's a perfect documentary. It, it kind of had a. Um, I noticed that when it had it, 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 it kind of came back around like it was a cult hit of, of its day. Mm-hmm. And then with uh, you know gay culture becoming more mainstream, it kind of had a renaissance. And I noticed that a lot of people involved in it or maybe knew about it were kind of a little uh, lukewarm about like the rest of the world catching up with the magic of the movie. Mm. A little gatekeepy to be be kind of honest with you, but like a good movie is a good movie, so people should yeah get to it when they can get to it. But I guess maybe there's I think in that scene specifically in the world within Paris is Burning, there was a lot of resentment in the sense that a lot of people got their concepts stolen and their yes. culture stolen by people who actually went on to make a lot of money. Madonna. Well, yes, and I think part of the maybe the gatekeepiness of it is just sort of a it's it's upsetting to love something and have loved it for a long time and then someone comes along and acts like they've discovered something amazing and new yeah and it's like nah bitch we've been knowing about this mm-hmm. like what are you doing like there's that whole like there's like a meme of like Vanessa Hutchins on 
uh, RuPaul's Drag Race being like, I'm so into voguing right now. And it's like, <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm so into voguing right now. I'm, I'm so into voguing right now. I'm, I'm, I'm so into voguing. I'm so into voguing. I'm so into voguing right now. So that gave me life. And that jump, it was just insane. It was so good. Oh my God, the speed at which you hit that shabam, I was like, oh, you really brought it. I'm so into voguing right now. I'm so into voguing right now. Amp it up a little bit. Like, yeah, we all are into voguing. If we know what voguing is, it's fucking cool as shit. But, yeah, like, yeah, when, it's not a new hip thing for you to be into right now. Now that it's finally gone to, like, people like Vanessa Hudgens and Chrissy Teigen, now we can finally care. I want to see your fierceness. I want to see your fierceness. I want to see your fierceness. It's really ridiculous. The funny thing is, is that she was on RuPaul's Drag Race when she said that, so... Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm so into voguing right now. I'm so into voguing right now. Like, it's like the like the new hip fad, and it's like, nah, this shit's been going on since before you were born. Mm, mm. Before I was born. Now, this uh, this uh, documentary we're talking about, this that is... Oh, yeah. That is like... Wh- I forgot for a second. Why the fuck <laughs> is this the last episode of the documentary? Well, because you... Because you did it. You picked it. Well, you'd already picked it before we knew we were ending. The reality is that you it was always going to be you that was going to do this movie. This movie had kind of been... I remember when I ended the show last time, it was like, oh, I kind of had it that I would get to this one, but I didn't. We didn't, yeah. And then I was building up i was like oh this is gonna be creeptober because you remember in an episode not so long ago i was like oh creeptober is gonna be real creepy right yeah you said it was gonna be like one of the worst scariest most awfulest documentaries i've ever seen you know i never said scary but i guess you could i made it i thought you meant i added scary i think you just kept saying creepy and then i got it in my head that it was gonna be scary but i totally laid it out that this was one of the most disturbing documentaries yes. that I think is out there. Yeah. And there's a documentary that's just about, that's just a dude, like an old black and white documentary about a dude doing an autopsy. And I think this is probably worse than that. But both could be served as educational tools. I mean, the autopsy actually sounds really interesting to me. Yeah. Because I'm, that is like science. It could be interpreted that way, yes. And I've seen an autopsy before. But couldn't... In real life. In this one, couldn't it be interpreted almost as like an educational thing as well? I mean, it is It is sort of like a psychological study of a certain group of people. There is a actual like psychologist that's interviewed as part of it. Um, and the idea of people being so descriptive and open about this is kind of not something you come across that much almost never and you know there was a moment at the beginning of this documentary where i truly wanted to tell you that i didn't want to watch it but it's one of those kind of things where this is a real thing that occurs in our society and cannot be ignored because of what it is like you have to know this is a thing that happens so that you 
I don't know, just so that you're fucking aware that it's a thing that happens yeah. and that and that it shouldn't be happening, but it happens and there are people who have these beliefs that I mean are fucking fucked up, but like It wouldn't surprise me at all if like YouTube links to this are college assignments for certain types of courses. Yeah, yeah. If you're studying like human sexuality and particularly um deviant so-called deviant sexuality so-called yeah um i could definitely see you this being part of what you study i mean i've taken psychology courses and 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 watched um like the jim jones documentary yeah for my psychology course so it does you know it makes sense that if you were studying like deviant sexual behavior that you would watch something like this because it is a first-hand account from people who are deviant sexual Folks, you read the title. You read the title of the episode when you clicked on and pressed play on this. Maybe you knew about it. Maybe you didn't. I heard about this a long time ago. From the title doesn't tell you what it is if you don't know what it is. I think the title is so apt. The narrator. There's not a lot. There's no narration. There's just a little bit of a of a lady uh, reading questions and talking about. Like, some history of this stuff. Mm, yeah, and then there's, like, the, the person behind the camera is asking questions sometimes of but the people. This movie is called Chicken Hawk. Yeah. The Men Who Love Boys, directed oh. by A.D. Seidman from 1994. So I didn't, realize, I didn't realize there was a uh, subtitle. Yeah. When but, I said you didn't know from the title, I thought it was just called Chicken Hawk, which was confusing to me. Oh, yeah, I think it's the sub. I can't remember if it popped up in the film or not. I guess not. Is Chicken Hawk, like, a slang term for something well there is a chicken hawk like a type of hawk that preys upon chickens the idea being that it's a bigger stronger bird preying on like a tiny little helpless bird yes and that's kind of what's interesting about the title yeah because it seems so objective throughout it because you're just listening to people talk about i mean we're talking about we're in nambla territory which means north american man boy love association when i first heard of that, I think like everyone, mm-hmm. when you first hear about Nambla, you're you're like, oh, this is a joke, right? No, no, it's not a joke. It's a, like a real organization, North American Man Boy Love Association. You have men in this movie that are very open about being sexually attracted to young boys, young yeah. boys, making very flowery excuses, um, and really disconnecting. Any idea of manipulation, and they're painting they're painting their flowery descriptions of their own desires, and pushing that forward with no notion of manipulation on their own part. Yeah, I mean there there is a there's a commonality among some sexual predators, regardless of who their prey is, where they will believe that the other person is leading them on or flirting with them or wanting this thing or is like a willing other participant in this situation when you could just be being like, hey, what's up? How's it going? And they're like, oh my God, they were flirting with me. They wanted me. And it's like, no, you're just like living your life as a person on this world. And they see things as being towards them and for them because that's what they want and what they're looking for. You see men do that with women. That's what I'm saying. On the average all the time. That's what I'm saying. Like people, if you're trying to pull that out of someone, if you're wanting that from someone, you are going to read things into 
that even sometimes completely innocently like if you have a crush on someone yeah and they like smile at you when they go down the hallway you think like oh my god oh my god maybe yeah. they like me and it's like nah bitch they were just smiling at you because you were walking down i'm saying bitch a lot t- today but i'm i'm feeling saucy say it listen listen bitch. i don't have a problem with the word bitch i know some some people do i don't you're um, like a fucking meredith brooks <laughs> i'm a bitch i'm a Child, I'm no. a mother. Not a child. Yo, you're right. <laughs> Let's keep them out of it. It's not. It's not. There's gonna be enough of that. Um, for real, for real though. Like, if any jokes are made during the course of recording this podcast, it is literally just to not cry. Um, uh huh. Because this was very, this was very difficult for me to watch, be- because of what Bobby was saying. Like, it literally, what you were saying, it literally. These are actual members. Of Nambla, who've decided to be recorded. There's at least one guy who's not Nambla. He's like on his own like trajectory to try to also encourage man boy yeah. love, but not as part of the association. You also hear people who are like against it, which are also problematic in their own way. You know, you hear from moms that have experienced their children. At least being abducted or attempting to be abducted by men like this. Because one of these men, who who to me was honestly probably the most disturbing to listen to speak. Oh, he's yeah. the one that talked about, like, that said that these young boys were, like, flirting with him and stuff. It's fucking disgusting. But, like, he was so creepy. And he, they actually interviewed people in his town and asked about him. And actually talked to a couple young men mm. who were like, yeah, he... The way they said it, they're like, yeah, he he pulled up and was like, do you guys need a ride? Well, he was like, they flagged me down and they wanted a ride from me. You know, and it's just, it's this whole like delusion that he's going through. But like, they actually talked to these young, these these young men and their families. And, and it was like, the thing is with a lot of these guys is if they're not caught in the act, they're very outspoken about what they believe. But if they're not caught in the act, you can't do anything to them. Like you can't prosecute them and you can't like, Forced them out of town. So these, like, parents were literally, like, we're trying to get him to move away because we don't want him here. And we have no, like, recourse until he does something to one of our children. Like, how fucking scary is that? Yes. To just know this guy's living down the street. We certainly keep an eye on the dude. And it's interesting because everyone might think, like, well, I'd kill the motherfucker. And we talk to people in this guy's town that know about this guy. And they're like some rednecky looking dudes. Ones that you might think wouldn't think much to do some shit like this. Mm-hmm. But the reality is it takes a lot for a human being to kill another human being. Even if the human being is a giant piece of shit. Like, well, and that's why the one dad like truly was like, I don't want it to get to that point. Mm-hmm. I just want him to leave. Yeah. I just want to get him out of this town before something happens. And and you know there are there are other guys in this um in this documentary who, you know, will stand outside someone's apartment and and you know protest them and yell things at them and they they're, you know, they say that they've gone to like Nambla meetings before and like followed them in down the street as they're leaving. These guys are problematic also though because while they're against these men who want to love boys understandably yeah as we all should be against this they are also very skewed in the way they think about it because they also associate these men who want to have sexual relations with boys as just being gay 
and, and it, that the gay people are a problem and that gay people are trying to recruit these young people. And, like, there's, like, this fucked up skew on it, which has been a problem that, that gay men in particular have dealt with for a very long time, and it is very unfair. And these men don't help that cause in the sense that when they're questioned about it, they will almost, like, instead of describing themselves as pedophiles, they usually, they often will utilize the term descriptor gay to mm-hmm. qualify their actions of being in love with young boys. But the reality is there's also pedophiles that are attracted to young girls that may be And young there girls. are women who are pedophiles yes. towards young girls and towards young boys. But that doesn't taint the, that doesn't give a general taint to heterosexuality, even though these things are as common, if not more so, than these Nambla creeps, you know? And, and I think part of that is because, because Nambla is so outspoken they have sort of like tried they try to insert themselves like there's they go to a gay pride parade and nambla's there with their flag and they want to march in this gay pride parade because they see their cause as being equal and it is not it is not the same thing you cannot say that like i should have just as much like this these men are saying that they should have the right to love children in the way that like a man should be able to love a man or a woman should be able to love a woman or a person should be able to love whoever the fuck they want who is of age it is not the same thing they are not as they said part of the rainbow and get out of my rainbow and there were definitely marchers they went to a group of gay men and some women that were like, they're not one of us. No. Understand that there isn't that us or anybody else who's in this entire march today wants to have anything to do with those people back there. We're not with those. We're not with those people. We're not with those. We don't want to be connected. We don't want to be. We don't want to be associated. I'm an incest survivor. What do you think about these people are unfortunately borderline criminal behavior and it's not representative of all of our community they shouldn't be with us they should be doing their own thing they literally were this is 1994 when this was made they're literally holding back an entire civil rights movement with their bullshit Mm -hmm. and there was like a few people these are stupid fucking people that say things they were like well they can uh, say what they want to say uh, so long as they don't do it. And it's like, yo, these people, the, you guarantee that these men have done it and have the people and most of the men that are interviewed in this that are associated with Nambla have some story about how they were involved with this kind of shit. Well, and m- multiple of them admitted to having been arrested mm-hmm. and serving time for yeah. these acts. And, you know, some of them say, like, I try to avoid actually coming into contact with children at all because they don't but it doesn't but it's not like because they don't want to do it it's because they don't want to get caught doing it yeah they don't want to get in trouble so then their whole thing of being part of nambla is that they want to make it like okay like they are literally like lobbying to make it legal which is crazy i just don't also and i did not know this boy does this uh paint a, a different picture here Apparently, this was known information. I just didn't catch on. But the poet Allen Ginsberg... I know. ...was a member of NAMBLA. I can't. And I looked... The, I did a little side research as I was watching this, because, you know, I can only hear so much flowery descriptions of men being in love with children. You understand. But I just in the basic Wikipedia reading... Sure, sure. Ginsberg was a supporter and member of the North American Manboy Love Association a pedophilia and pederasty advocacy organization in the U.S. that worked to abolish age-of-consent laws 
and legalized sexual relations between adults and children. And he said, he said that he had joined the organization in defense of free speech. And he had stated that attacks on NAMBLA stink of politics, witch hunting for profit. How do you make money off of that? I don't fucking know. Humorlessness, vanity, anger, and arrogance. I'm a member of NAMBLA because I love boys too. Everybody does who has a little humanity. So he kind of made it like it was all about freedom of speech. But uh, but in a 2002 book by Andrea Dworkin, she's a feminist activist who, mm-hmm. who was specifically noted for being against pornography like across the board. Okay. But she had written in her 2000 book, Heartbreak, she said it said in 1982 newspapers reported in huge headlines that the supreme court had ruled child pornography illegal that didn't happen until 1982 yeah i was thrilled i knew alan would not be i guess they were friends i did think he was a civil libertarian but in fact he was a pedophile he did not belong to the north american man boy love association association out of some mad abstract conviction that its voice had to be heard he meant it I take this from what Alan said directly to me, not from some inference I made. He was exceptionally aggressive about his right to fuck children and his constant pursuit of underage boys. I mean, duh. Like, you're not just going to, you're not going to align yourself with a group like that just for the fuck of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just being punk rock. Like, what? Joining Nambla. Seriously? I'm just really into, like... Uh, the Constitution. That's why I joined NAMBLA. I mean, here's the deal. I believe in freedom of speech as well. And I believe that you should be able to do what you want to do as long as you're not hurting yourself or someone else. And maybe you're hurting yourself, but you're not hurting other people, right? I would, like, like, to, I would like to ban uh, white supremacists from running for office. Okay, yeah. But that, I mean, that would, wouldn't that like get a, be against freedom of speech? I mean, I guess, but Technically. Like, but they're hurting people. That's the thing. Like, not all speech is free because there is hate speech. Mm-hmm. That is not free speech. Not all actions are okay because there are harmful actions. But these harm, the harm is often, like, processed out through generations. It's not like a direct harm. It's not like the same as punching someone in the face. You know what I'm saying? I pretty much support the uh, First Amendment as well. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, that's how it kind of, there is a social harm. Yeah. But that is, that's not what gauges, that's not regulated by the First Amendment. That's not gauged in that. I mean, and the best you can do at this point is, um, I mean, the idea of banning it means that, not necessarily that it, that what I would want, silence would be silenced. It just might mean that what I say might be silenced, you know? So mm. it's a mixed bag dealing with that right there. Yeah. Like, and there's a similar reason why, like, I'm very soft on the Second Amendment. People are usually shocked by that. But the further left you go, the more that people are kind of into guns again. That's just kind of a fact. Mm-hmm. But the reality is because I believe that any laws of gun control are always going to affect minorities and people of color. Mm-hmm. And those laws are only truly going to be pushed to any maximum extent against people who are already undermined by our society they're not going to go to these white enclaves where dudes are hoarding thousands of guns unless they do something crazy like try to take over a town or something that's just not going to happen they're going to go for the the easy targets the vulnerable targets yeah so you know 
you just it's it's just a fuck scenario all around. But I really like having these kind of conversations specifically. Yeah. But I I didn't really give any good answer for it though. So no, I mean, what answer is there? Well, like that's the problem. Completely, uh, completely uh, tear down and redo our complete societal structure and how it benefits people. Mm, yes. Yeah, my might uh, break some eggs to make that omelet, but uh, you know, break them. <laughs> it seems like things are gonna break. Fucking, See? <laughs> it feels like the cracks have. It seems been like there for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it seems like at the very least, if you don't do something, the eggs are just gonna break on the sidewalk and be ruined. So, you know, a long time ago, I don't remember what podcast it was, and I think we both listened to this. I know we talked about it at the time, but. There was actually an interview um, that I heard with a young man who is attracted to children mm-hmm. and had been since he was young. And basically what he said was that his attraction didn't grow. Like his attraction, the people he was attracted to didn't age as he aged. He described it as, he was attracted to children when he was a child and then he stayed attracted to children even though he got older. But his thing was is that he knew it was wrong and he he knew that that was something that he should never act on and he didn't want to act on. But he still had these thoughts that he didn't understand and didn't know how to get rid of and he it took him like a while to even get a therapist who would actually talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. And ended up that he this might have fucking been a terry gross interview i don't remember but i know at one point they talked to like kind of a leader of a group where these these folks had gotten together and they were able to talk to each other because their whole thing was like they had to be completely abstinent like you could not be part of this group if you ever did anything to a child like if you were doing anything like you couldn't you had to want to reform you had to want to reform like the whole point was trying to work through your issues Mm. right and like understand and get past and like i guess the ultimate goal would be to have like a normal relationship but maybe not maybe it's just to not have those thoughts but i had a lot of respect for someone who could recognize that like this is not okay i know it's not okay and i want to get help for it yeah you know and to me that is a completely different person than the people that we are watching in this movie the people in this movie so upsetting to me. Like, I'm sorry, I'm going to cry. Like, this was really hard for me to watch. Yeah. They don't think that... They think that they are entitled. They think that little children are capable of making a decision to have a relationship with a grown person. They are grooming. Yeah. They're grooming children. Absolutely. If a child behaves in a way as though they want something like that from an adult it is because they've been taught to it is not because that is natural to them children are naturally curious it's not the same thing it's a different there's a difference like there you know like children will do stuff with each other sometimes things happen kids are curious whatever but it's like honestly if a child were to approach an adult it's on the adult to say no yeah this is not okay and not let anything like that happen like if that's truly but in those cases, like, something's probably happened to that child with another adult to make them think that that's how they're supposed yes. to love an adult. Like, that's what's so fucked up about it. Well, one man is describing 
how basically, and he's very like casual about it because I think he's a part of this organization. He didn't see anything wrong with it, but he points out that like he had love for children when he was eight. And then he said, oh, but I didn't have relations with uh, an adult until I was 10. Yeah. Like only two years. And as though that's what made him what he is. That's the fucked up part is that these people experienced something very particular, got their sexual brain chemistry wired in a completely fucked up way. And now they're just, they want to, instead of trying to be like, oh, this is fucked up. I don't want to do that. I mean, some people, plenty of people who experience shit like that do not go this way. Absolutely. They, They seek help. They understand the issue and often and can often be advocates advocate on behalf of children who go through this. Mm-hmm. But these men are ones that have obviously been forced in their sexual brain in this direction, and they make no apologies for it. They want to they want to continue the cycle essentially, and they don't. And they make they say everything they every justification, but the words of manipulation and control does not come out of their mouth. Well, and you know, and you know, they fall back on because even this did come up in the documentary, like the idea in like ancient times of, you know, you've got like the philosopher, the teacher, the soldier, the leader who has like a young boy that they are training up and that part of that relationship was often sexual. Mm -hmm. And... And it gave examples of different societies in history where pedophilia wasn't uncommon. Isn't it funny how we always pick and choose certain points of history in in which to make some justification? Like someone who's maybe, say, a very evangelical person might go back in history to... um, to tout their so-called traditional marriage values. But they, but there's also the history of you being fucking burned alive by the Romans, right? Yeah. And is that that is that a part of his? Is that as valid as because you're gonna pluck? You know, it's we we move forward for a reason, and these things often change for a reason. And I don't think, like in this case, it's it's just ridiculous. Like the existence yeah. of history, it's so funny how history should just be looked at like a matter of fact thing. In a lot of ways, but the way people like utilize the existence of history as a justification is is absurd to me. It it really is. Promise me that at the beginning of this podcast, you will literally say this is not only safe for not safe for work, but like don't listen to this with your children. Like just to say, like truly, like this is some sensitive subject matter that's not even the right word i don't know fucked up subject I matter I, <laughs> I would say sensitive subject matter is a fine term for it for our final episode ever on the documentation <laughs> this is our last episode don't listen to it <laughs> no one should listen to it i mean but listen but no it, i i will do is, that i is, will do okay, that okay thank you it, it is important Never, there's always an NSFW I know, podcast, but like though. NSFW for us could just be like farts and dick jokes, but this is like a little different. Mm. But also, you know, like I said at the beginning, it's important to talk about these things because these are things that happen. You know, we did one of the early documentaries that we did, which I still think is one of our best episodes, is um, the one about uh, the comedian. Oh, Help fuck. me with his name. Barry? Barry... Crimmins. Yeah. And, um, you know, part of his story was that, you know, 
as in those early, like late seventies, early eighties, right? Like during that time, um, he, you know, he had experienced um, brutal abuse when he was very young. And when he got older, he, he found himself on the internet in these chat rooms and, and found that men were sort of being like, hey, want to look at this zip file? And he, like, ended up, like, basically busting this whole, like, child pornography situation that was happening on the internet and, like, going in front... Sorry, our dogs are... Um... Needing a lot of attention yeah. right now. Oh, can I get it aside? I feel like the dogs were a little too into this movie. Come on. I don't know. They're just dogs, but still... But but no, like like basically he you know, he was very integral in Didn't you go outside or something? They were just out not too long ago. Go lay down. Go. Actually listen to me. Well, well. <laughs> Watch him like take a big shit um, on the floor. So okay, going back. So so Barry Crimmins, uh, you know, he was he experienced some really br- br- brutal abuse when he was very young and you know Internet's new, people are in chat rooms, and I can't remember the years exactly, but he was very integral in helping to, helping there be laws around trafficking child pornography on the internet, basically. And so he was like, he had to put himself in some very uncomfortable positions in order to basically like catch some of these people and find out who these people were so that... He was... Police could know who these people were. He was integral to the infrastructure that was created to catch pedophiles online. Yeah. And, you know, he he uh, went in front of the Supreme Court, I believe, mm-hmm. and testified. And he did some really he did some really important work in that space. And I don't know. I just I thought of him during this and it made me even more sick to myself. Like I just this this movie made me sick to myself. To think about how people are fighting so hard to like protect the innocent, and then there's these people who think they're somehow entitled. Yeah, and think well, just think that they're not doing anything wrong. That's what I mean. They don't think they're doing anything wrong. They don't see anything wrong with what they're doing, and they think that they should be it should be legal and allowed for them to do what they're doing. Well, we've kind of been all over the place here, which is I know. Fu- which is fine. I don't re- we don't really need to go in order on here. A lot of this is some creeps describing. Um, creepy experiences and like I said um, this probably is the the, the, exist, the justification for its existence is for like an educational purpose because it does kind of like show an underside of a rock that does not get turned over very much yeah and it's one thing to like know that these people exist and it's complete it is completely different to actually hear it from their mouths like to hear people see people with conviction saying these things like it's and as hard as it is to face keeping something in the shadows kind of helps it to thrive exactly so there is an importance here is nambla still like an active organization far as i know some of the wikipedia used past tense mm. so maybe i like wishful thinking thought it was disbanded but even were it to be i'm sure there's another group or another thing or a different well, my algorithm's already fucked up, but I could look it up. I mean, my YouTube algorithm is so jacked right now. I know. Jeez. 
But we meet uh, one guy. He's a teacher, or was. Yeah. His name is Mr. Meltzer. I guess he's a part of Nambla. I'm not sure. He was, I want to actually, I think he was like a leader. But he was fired, and there are many kids voicing their opinion on this guy. I don't know. I kind of think it's a disgrace. But then again, we never know who else. I mean, we never know if other teachers are like KKK members and stuff. So, I mean, we don't know about their past. And just because we know about one, you know? So, I mean, I think it's his business, but still, it's kind of disgusting. He works in a school with kids, and he's like a child molester. But that's my opinion. <laughs> and one kid was like, he admitted it. But he shouldn't be teaching. Why not? He molest his 12-year-olds. How do you know? He did it on TV. He admitted on TV. Now he didn't. His, his thing is, it's weird, because a lot of the leaders of this organization, a lot of the leaders of NAMBLA do not actively have relationships with with young men because they say that were they to, they'd be too easy to catch. Yeah. Even saying that sentence is disgusting. But they they only re, they only sustain abstain because they're trying to further their cause. Well, Melzer in a skin crawling moment uh, is looking out the window and he's looking at a schoolyard. And uh, when I, you know, I, I can look out my window and see the school and it's like uh, Moses uh, looking across to the promised land. Now, another guy, if you think that's not He like, gets fired, by the way. Yeah, he got fired. He got fired because it came out that he's part of this group and he was like, but I haven't ever done anything and I've never been convicted. And the school was like, we don't fucking care. Get away from our kids and thank goodness. Yeah. Now, a lot of people, I know there's a doctor in this one too. And they talk about, it's hard to tell where he stands on it. He seems kind of objective about it. He seems to be someone who's worked with these yeah. people and, and maybe tried to help some people, but maybe also studied this subject quite a lot. And like points out that, you know, like you don't control your sexual attraction. But, you know, someone could get off on like murdering someone or someone could have like homicidal tendencies they can't control. That's, but that doesn't mean they should like act upon them. They have to, it's something to be treated specifically. Yeah, and I didn't get that he was saying that anything should be acted no. upon. I think he was just kind of saying, but but it's like we were talking about earlier, like if that is if that is what's happening in your head, you can get help for that, you can control that, you're still in control of what you actually do, you know, unless you have like a psychotic break and, and, and don't have control of what you're doing at that moment, which does happen, mm -hmm. but... In all at all other times, you can say I'm not going to do these things, and not do them, and you can get help and you can control it. But he actually talks about how a lot of the men that he has talked to, it's not always sexual. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it's just companionship or people who actually think that they are in love with these children. Yeah, imagine it surfaces in a myriad of ways. Yeah. Um. Now we've. You know, in, in the three solid years of doing the documenteers, we've got about three years worth of content out there. Boy, have we met some creeps there. You know, we've met serial killers, all kinds of shit. Uh, China's manager, before she died, was... He was he, a piece of shit. He really took the cake. But in a movie full of unrepentant pedophiles, this dude, Leyland... He's the worst. Might be the, the, the fucking most skin-crawliest, disgusting human being we've ever encountered in our lives. Leland has graduate degrees in law and philosophy. 
He has been a Mormon representative in Texas and a missionary in Hong Kong. In India, he photographed child pornography and was put in a California prison for five years. This guy it, thinks it's full of, uh, that his every desire is poetry. He describes sexual encounters with children in vivid detail. Like he's talking about like a really good sandwich he ate on a, on a vacation or some shit. And yeah. he's the one that talks about and says that children are flirting with him. He's the one who the entire town wants to leave. Then as we're talking to Leland, who's going through this just disgusting descriptions unapologetically, uh, you, we, it goes back and forth to mothers in the area and mothers who are, have experienced their kids mm -hmm. at least attempting to be abducted. And she was talking about how like Leland shook her kid's hand. Mm -hmm. And the kid had to kind of pull away. He wouldn't let go. And now he's staring at him like a piece of meat. Like, this is the most open pedophile yeah. you've ever seen in your life. I mean, the mother's literally like, I feel like he was testing my son in that moment to see how he would respond if he tried to keep holding his hand. And another mom is just talking about just how fucking hard this is to talk about. I mean, the thought of him living and, and, and waiting you know, for your child, waiting for you, maybe. What if you, what if you got mad at your kid because he did something, you know, and you grounded him, you know? So here he is, he's, he's feeling bad. And here comes along Leland Stevenson to go, oh, poor Michael, you know? And, and I think that's how they work. You know, they prey on these children and how they can stand up and tell people what they believe in and that there's nothing that you can do about it. Well, and she got, she broke my heart because she was like, you know, you have to constantly be on guard because when you know this person who is so like outgoing about what he's doing and seeming, seemingly like completely unashamed of it and just out in the open, like you have a fight with your 13 year old kid and he's mad at you and he feels lonely and unloved and then here comes fucking Leland yeah to take advantage of the situation and like knowing that that could happen just in the world is upsetting but knowing that there's literally someone in your town who is looking for those opportunities is so hard like i can't how do you sleep at night yeah how do you let your kids go anywhere alone i mean knowing it's always a thing would be horrible as a parent to just those kind of fears would make me insane if I was a parent. But then just like literally knowing it's right there. Leland claims a boy was flirting with him because he was like lifting up his shirt or something. It was like a little boy just being fi a fidgety little boy. Yeah. Imagine the weird random shit you did as a kid and some adult is just leering at you uh, thinking that you're flirting with them. It's so weird. So fucking weird. And so, at one point, Leland is outside of a store, and he approaches a boy on a bike. He's also with two girls that seem, he seems to be, I think he's like a, like a teenage boy, not quite 16. And he's also with two young girls that yeah, are also on a bike. Yeah, it's just like some friends hanging out. So, Leland narrows, zeroes in on this boy to talk to. Mm -hmm. Those girls he's with might as well not exist. You yeah. can just, it's like, he is only looking at that boy. And the boy does this thing where, because initially he's just showing the girls how to do it. He's at a payphone because it's 1994, and he does this trick where he dials a number and he gets the the payphone to call itself back. Yeah, we used to do phone tricks like this when we were yeah, a kid. Like totally. There was this one thing where we could, where you could uh, like, 
call someone and make it look like any number you yep, wanted yeah. by calling this like specific number. Yep. It was like crazy the weird random shit that yeah, you could do. Yeah, cuz you could make it look like someone else was calling. Yeah, yeah. And we used to fuck with people all the time. That probably didn't deserve it. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, and he and the boys just kind of like answering his questions like what are you doing? What's that trick? He's like how did you do that? How'd Show you do me. That? Yeah. Show me and the kids like, "Oh, it's just this." Yeah, the kids just like, "Yeah, I'm just doing this." He's the kid is probably is definitely more into the girls he's hanging out with than the creepy old man who's just randomly talking to him. Yeah. But they're also just kids, so they don't think of anything about some random guy just saying what's up. After the kid uh, drives off, he, he uses these descriptors like... He was so eager to tell me when his birthday was, and he was going to be 15 in less than a month on the 1st of December, and... Uh, this is what life is about. This is what real life is about. I would say that he was in bloom, and that's it. The flower is uh, responding to warmth. That is, I as a human being am bathing him in a certain kind of celestial warmth, and he feels that, and he responds to that, and he thinks, oh, how nice, how wonderful that there's someone there who is appreciating what I am and who I am. Like the kid was connecting with him. He, I want to say he said he was blossoming. Yeah. He uses these flowery words. Like he's at this age where he's like blossoming and he just wanted the attention of, he just wanted to be in my light or some bullshit. Leland describes the attention as celestial warmth. Yeah. Like he's attributing like godliness to his, to his own sense of arousal. This is like some some extreme like narcissistic shit, essentially. Didn't he also look crazy to you? Yeah, like he had this like like this too too happy glaze yes. over him. Like like everything like he's so in his own world in his own mind. Like th- there's just something there's just something like not right. I mean, obviously, 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 but then it's just, it's, it's just like a layer of creep that it's just so creepy. I don't even know what I'm saying. Cause it can't really get worse than him. Yeah. Well, it does get worse than some of the stories he tells. Well, we're, yeah. We're not going to get into that. No, please. But Leland says that he has stopped. He's claimed that he has stopped due to death threats, but is anxious to get back into it. Well, he says that he, well, I, I I thought he was saying he was going to leave that town. Yeah. Like, basically, it was like the signs pointed towards not being here anymore. He should go look at apartments in the middle of the ocean. Just go, like, walk into it. There, so they go into, like, the, the history of, like, pedophilic acts. We, are, we already described about, like, how, like, it's weird how people pick and choose the history they want. Yeah. But there was an interesting fact they stated about, like, how... You know, Roman society uh, was not into homosexuality, mm-hmm. but they were into pedophilia. Yeah. They they made a distinctive difference, as one should, but preferred the worst version of, over the, like, the, the version that's, like, nothing wrong with that. You know, it, it's like a it's like a holier than thou stance about it, because it's like, I'm going to teach this boy until he becomes a man, and then he goes and fucks women. Like that, it's like this teaching, this like apprenticeship, not only in like your business, but like in your body. It's fucked up. I've heard about issues of pedophilia and certain other like extreme versions of faith. I've heard it regarding like Tibetan monks. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like, apparently it, it's happened there. Like, it's not that unusual for it to occur there. And, uh, like, the um, um, the Jehovah's Witnesses, it's it's yeah. not... It's like they're going through their own scandal, similar to the Catholic Church, but okay, there's, okay. but they're so secretive and so low profile that a lot of people don't know about it. Wow! But it makes sense that such an enclosed thing would be I mean, dealing we know with Mormons stuff like that. Have there's there's certain groups of folks like yeah. Warren Jeffs and there's I've heard of like extremely like you know fundamentalist sects of Islam where shit like this is like not uncommon. It seems like. The more you go into the intensity of certain religious societies, that these things keep popping up, mm-hmm. and it's very, uh, it's very, it's very strange. Um, it's just like such like a hard thing to get rid of, but at the same time, everyone knows enough to not talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, we we see a round table of Nambla chuds, and no one's under the age of 55 at this table. Mm-hmm. It could not all be more creepier and creepier. And meanwhile, we see other protesters, and you describe these protesters who you understand why you they hate these people like we would hate these people, but they're getting the lines mixed up in terms yeah. of like the like just basic grown people doing things that they choose to do, and men who are predators uh, for small children. Like they have a sign, and I can't remember. It's like sodomy equals. Something, Something. but it's basically saying that sodomy is bad. When it should say pedophilia is bad. It is not the same thing as a man having sex with a man as a man having sex with a child or anyone having sex with a child. (sighs) Sex between two consenting adults is okay regardless of your gender or your sex or your preference or your identity. But if they are a child, it's never okay, regardless of who you are ever. And I, I just don't understand, like, and I think I mentioned this earlier, but there's literally a guy who says, he actually says, and this is 1994, that the gay people are doing this because they're all dying of AIDS, and so they can't procreate because two men can't make a baby, so they have to get other people's children and indoctrinate Nate them into this society and I literally I think I screamed at the television at this point that, because there were moments of this that I just could not stand what I was it hearing. It sounds like something like a QAnon person would say but it's a pedophile a delusional pedophile. No this is a guy against the pedophiles. Oh, oh. This is one of the protesters this is what he thinks. I got my. I think we were confused. When I got we first my protesters and pedos confused because yes. they didn't really label things very well until the end when they called out all these men's full names. Yeah, they um, didn't name them before all. Before that, they didn't label anything very well. But this was actually one of the protesters, I believe, because that was his point. As he was saying, "This is what these this Nambla is doing is they are they are gay and they are indoctrinating young men into this." into this society. So they're fucking confusing everything and making it bad. Yeah. Like you said, like they're they're not making it bad, but they're fucking it up. Like they're fucking They're attributed up. across LDB, LGBTQ rights across the board. And and these fuckers are trying to inject themselves into that scene as well. Yeah. So we we also meet a Renato Serraza and he's and everyone in his building knows he's a pedo because 
they're sticking wanted pictures of his face that say wanted child molester on well, the, the guy, wall. The guys at the table, the protesters at the table, they're his particular protesters. Yeah, like, yeah. they are standing outside of his house. That's how I'm sure the director got to interview them, is he basically was like, can I come talk to you guys about what you think? They got a catchy rhyme. Hey, hey, ho, ho, baby rapers gotta go. Got a nice ring to it. Yeah. Are you okay? It's just it's. It's our last episode. I know. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I can't get excited about this. And we meet. Uh, God, it's hard to say. I, I still think Leland's the biggest creep we've ever seen. But boy, yeah. do people are really trying to get in on this contest. We got meet a guy named Chuck, and he's like at one point he's not wearing pants. He's and, an artist. Yeah, he's an artist. And he, he and he reads poetry. Oh, he's very much a Nambla dude. And No, he's the one who's not Nambla. Yeah, why why not? Because he thinks that the way Nambla's going about it is wrong. And he thinks that like it should be okay for men and boys to get together, but he won't get with boys because it's not legal. But he thinks that the, that law should change. Oh, okay. And so he's, like, got his own pamphlets, and he's going to the library, like, sticking his drawings and books, and he's, like, handing his pamphlets to, like, guys on the street. In front of NBC Studios. And he's, like, he's, like, you know, they smile when they take my paper, but, you know, later when they read what's on it, they're going to be, like, oh, what the hell is that guy doing? And he's, like, accosting this woman, sort of, trying to, like, make her talk to him, and he's, like, he's, you know, she's, like, she's, like, men shouldn't fuck around with boys and he's like well there's all these movies where like it's okay for like grown women to have sex with young men and she's like adults shouldn't mess with children (laughs) like she's like you're not getting my point like it's not like a man child thing it's a adult child it's that it's that what about ism since you're not saying you're against this very specific thing you must be about it it's so it's so like shitty but you notice how bad he was at reading his own poetry? Footprints. Footprints. I spy them there. I see them here. Taking interest in those smallish, those I step in with care. Those smallish ones. The tracks of boys. Those footprints. Like painted fingerprints. I step in. Enjoy! Each time stepping, almost touch. Each time stepping, such footprints, footprints. Ah, such footprints. He, you know what he was trying to do? What? He was trying to emphasize. Boys. Certain words. He's really bad at it. I mean, he was Like, bad objectively, at, bad, really bad at reading poetry. He was really bad at reading poetry. And, and at writing it. It was terrible. He was terrible. Boys. So we're pretty much near the end of this shit, right? Although I thought of him earlier when you were talking about, like, I don't know what happened to him when he was young. But he does say at one point that he wishes he could have an orgy with, like, teenage boys and also very old men. Mm. And it just, I thought of him and him saying that when you were talking about, like, how some of these people, it's, like, generational. Yeah. Which makes me very sad for those people, and I hate it that, like, this is what... 
I don't I don't know that all of these men had relationships with men when they were children. I can't even believe I just said relationship. I don't know if these men were molested when they were children or not. None of them actually say, you know, except that one. So that one who said that he started when he was 10. Yeah. He's the only one that says anything happened to him when he was younger. They could just be pedophiles. I don't know what I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm going. They they're interviewing this one guy. We're pretty much at the end here. Um I think Leland has some spiel at the end, but you know, we've had enough of Leland. Even the director fades him out yeah. at the end. But it's just the one dude is being interviewed, but his face is not because uh, a lot of these guys meet up at a Pride march and you could tell that they're very much separated from everyone else. Yeah. And of course when they whip out their flag then then they definitely get separated. But one dude is being interviewed, but his face isn't facing the camera. He and he talks throughout the the documentary, but at the end he makes this confession that like he's been ar- arrested. And at first he doesn't want to say why, and then he says that basically that he's a peeping tom. Yeah. And which kind of this alludes to kind of like certain deviant pattern behavior here, that maybe like that. I you know maybe I'm reading into it, but I think this documentary kind of ended on this guy. To kind of allude to a fact that there are kind of like patterns that maybe, you know, yeah. that certain people have been through certain things and sexualized these terrible things that not only are they the product of something that happened to them, but there's just other things that add on to it that maybe that the traits that they may go for that maybe even be just add to the disturbing nature of where their brain is at. Yeah. So. So, Angela, let's, um, for the final time, we don't rate documentaries in stars. This might be the hardest <laughs> review ever. I truly, I f- truly feel like I'm going to throw up again. I just, I didn't throw up, but I felt nauseous for the last hour and a half. Well, you can throw up in this mic sock. You think you can fill that up? Probably. I'm sorry. I just, this was, this was very, this was very upsetting. I'm going to give this one through five herd socks. You're going to give this one through five herd socks combined for best out of 10. Um, how do you review this? I literally have no idea. Because while we said, like, I do, I mean, I do think that it's important to know that things like this exist, if only to be able to fight against them should you come across them. Um. Now, a part of me is like, can this be the only movie about this ever? But at the same time, we're at a new technological age here in which the way these people prey on other kids and like find kids and maybe arrange to meet with kids and do this fucked up shit. Yeah. We, knows how it is we might need another film just to inform people of how this process goes in that specific way, just for preventative measures. Yeah. Um, and that Barry Crimmins doc touched base on that, but it didn't really go into like how and what to be on the lookout for and shit like that. Um, no rating. Let's give this no rating. Okay. This is a no rating documentary. I don't think this is at the best. This is for educational purposes and it has that standard on it. And while we have rated educational documentaries in the past, it just feels weird to give this any kind of rating whatsoever. Yeah, it feel it, it the idea of of now talking about 
the choices the director made feels sorry i'm just laughing at the idea of like yeah the way the way now the camera angle when leland was telling his fucked up story yeah you're right so this is a no rating documentary not really not For the first time ever. First and only time. We've rated fucking footage of a lady in a gym talking about how Monster Energy drank a satanic. <laughs> but we will not rate this one. This is the most pure educational purposes only documentary that there can possibly be. I imagine people who have watched this probably had a professor in a human sexuality class assigned it to That's them. what I'm saying. I feel like that's the only reason it's still on the internet is so that it can get assigned to human sexuality grad students. Yeah, no rating for Chicken Hawk by Aldi Seidman. No rating. Now let's talk about something else. Okay. We're moving on from this is our last episode. I know. I know. I I did was this everything I said it was going to be? Did I I kind of I told you it was going to be disturbing. I said it was I said it was the most fucked up thing that I'd ever seen. You know you did, and you know even when we were doing the last shorty mm-hmm. that came out last week, which is great by the way. I even Check said to out. you like you know because you said like it's on YouTube, so there's not going to be like any like actual sex actual sex happening or extreme, extreme violence. violence. And I said, well, then the only thing I can think of that would be extremely disturbing would be some kind of, like, disgusting base human and you pretty situation. Mu- you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Did it occur to you at all that it might be something like this? Maybe. Yeah. Because, especially, like, right before, like, I kind of got nervous because I was like... Because for a minute I was like, oh, it's going to be something creepy. But then I kept thinking, it's not like supernatural because you wouldn't do that with me. No. I mean, I would watch it with you. But if it was something like that, you would do it with Ginger. Like, Or and it's not an episode of Supernatural. No, it's not. Because we don't do TV. Um, But, you know, I did. I did wonder. I mean, and you've done some fucked up documentaries about some people who did some fucked up things. I've decided we are going to do a new podcast. Yeah. Uh, all about the show Supernatural. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I'm going to start. Could do a Star Trek, Star Trek podcast. I'm sure there's a million of those. You know, I should look that up. I kind of been into Star Trek lately. Start at the very beginning. Oh yeah, you know the class. You know the classics, my favorite. So. Oh yeah. I think everyone is usually in a classic or next generation. That's usually like. Uh, Voyager was pretty good. Uh, people don't give it a lot of love for that, but I thought Voyager was pretty good. I'm into Discovery. This is the first time I've ever consistently watched Star Trek is yeah. with this Discovery. I mean, through the years I've watched I've watched random episodes and I always enjoy them. I feel like it's kind of the perfect show to like drop in on a random mm-hmm. episode and yeah. be completely fine. And that might even be a more fun way to to approach something like that would be to like rando choose rando episodes but i don't know i'm kind of wishing this current season of discovery was a little bit better though i know i know you are but i still am in it and listen i i know that it would probably be a while 
before we might approach something like a podcast again. Sure, yeah. But I, I just want to like, for the record, on the mic, say that I love doing this with you. Yeah. Like very much. Thank you. Um. And as much as it's been kind of hard for me lately, I did get so much out of this. And I think, but I think this is just kind of a thing that, like, I'm not sure what I expected. I think at some point I did kind of want or hoped that this could be something I could make a living off of. Yeah. But I think the reality of things is that, like, I kind of, if I have other ideas and I'm having a hard time managing it because of old ideas and doing those old ideas over and over again, then I need to be kind of like honest about where I want to go. And I, and I know for, there are people out there and they're the greatest people ever that think this is the best thing. This is the fact that this is anybody's favorite podcast, like blows my fucking mind. But (laughs) I do have people out there that have told me this. Yeah. And that's, it really does make my day to know that I can do something that could be anybody's favorite thing, even if it's one person, you know, and, you know, really do wish people kind of give more uh, five star <laughs> reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you guys had not just the five stars, if you'd written things down, if you'd written things down. But I, I think that just the reality of this is that it it is where it needs to be. Yeah. It is it has gone as far as it can go. And I don't think that you could have known that completely without coming back to it. That's true. I think you had to come back to it to know that this isn't where you need to be anymore. Yeah. Because when it ended the world was falling apart or it felt like the world was falling apart. Everything is weird. And everything was weird and and you were like I need to shift to something else. But it and just the show, felt like everything was shifting. And the show itself got weird with all those quarantine years episodes which I actually deleted once I relaunched the show. Yeah. So lost quarantine years episodes for those of you who heard them. But this podcast won't go anywhere. No. It'll just live on the internet. So if you do love we it... We will be re-upping the RSS feed. We will. I will pay for it. Because, you know, I, I think that what has happened with this podcast has been really good. I think there's some really amazing episodes. I, I honestly feel extremely lucky. <coughs> Sorry, say that again. Honestly feel extremely lucky that there are... Hours of us talking to each other. Yeah. That I can listen to whenever I want. Right. And and some of our best friends. And not to be morbid, but almost like just to think like if something bad happened, right? Yeah. That you could just go back and hear that. <laughs> There's something about like modern technology. We were talking about how a moment ago about how you can disabuse that to do horrible things, but like we kind of forget like the beautiful things that can happen when we are so able to easily communicate with each other. It's easy to focus on shit, you know, um, but this is good shit, and it is. Um, I think also the thing about that might also attribute to uh, the reason why. Uh, you know, we don't get a lot of written reviews. 
We get a lot, people will hit those star numbers. Yeah, yeah. But they won't do the written review. <laughs> and I, I think our, our audience is of a certain age, you know? I mean, listen, can I be real? Yeah. I don't do it on other podcasts. <laughs> I listen to so many podcasts. I've I've only, like, written a review for our podcast ever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you just, I've written. You just, ex- you just exposed that you written, that one, at least one of our <laughs> fucking written reviews is from you. I fuck it. It's my favorite podcast. <laughs> That just makes it. That just makes what I'm saying even more true. Yeah. But I think that people are of a certain age, of an age where they remember a world without the internet. They, some people are old enough to have seen some of the original Star Wars movies in the theater when they came out. Right. I just don't think their brains go into that way. You know. Yeah. Where everything, everything in this world, like, like you're just oh, go and do your banking app. Go lay down. Get out of here. You're just doing like your banking app and your bank like wants you to review the banking app. And it's like, motherfucker, I just I want to do a transfer of uh, of uh, of some funds. And it's like, I don't want to. Re- no news is good news, bitch. I was trying to refill a prescription for you today. And I went on the app like twice. And I'm pretty sure I got asked a minimum of three times how many stars I felt like giving them. Or did I want to help them with feedback? And it's like, no. How about I'm giving you my money? Yeah. Leave me the fuck is, alone. You know. I don't want to tell you how I liked my oil change. Is my car still running? Cool. You know what's fucked up is that, um, is that. <laughs> I am the problem. I'm sorry. Yeah. I guess we just confess that we don't. Do, I, I have given reviews to podcasts that I care about, though. There are. I've probably. I've not done a, a lot. I've done but a I've done some for sure. Sure. The ones that have influenced me and stuff like that. Yeah. Just, absolutely. Yeah. I just don't do it all the time. No. But I have. But we're not a banking app. No. You know, we're not a pop-up. No. But it don't matter now. I'm moving on, trying to figure out what to do, what I'm going to do. I'm going to write a lot. Yes. I need to draw again. You know, I haven't drawn a circle in probably <laughs> like three years. That's crazy. Can you believe that? No, I can't. I mean, I when I was a kid, I wanted to be a cartoonist, right? Yeah. And you know, I guess I have been. Yeah. But like, but much like this podcast, it does. It's not very lucrative, right? But, um, but in terms of like, you know, I grew up loving like the funny pages and shit, mm-hmm. and that has become such an archaic thing now. And like, they literally only hand off. Like, if you look at the funny pages, it's like the worst shit ever. Yeah. Because it's like. They ha- the 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 ancient cartoonists that have been doing their strip for years, they hand it off to their kids. So it's the same shit over and over and over again. And once in a generation, maybe you'll get something that's different. Like I remember when the Boondocks oh, was yeah. in the was in the funny pages. It was so refreshing. But the thing about the Boondocks is like the ideas and the humor of it were really unique and cool. But the drawings were just kind of there, you know. The cartoon was fun. I yeah. mean, most people have seen the cartoon. Yeah, the cartoon's great. But the comic strip was, like, very unique for its time. Mm-hmm. And there's another strip called... It's more cutesy. It's called Mutts. Yeah, I like Mutts. That is, like, kind of more in line with, like, older comic strip stuff. But that was the shit that I came up, like, loving. Yeah. And let me tell you, no one under the age of 70 gives a fuck about this shit except, like, me and one other guy I know. And, like, <laughs> it's like... It just was not something that, you know... But you know, I but I got into comics. I want to do comic stuff. But my style 
it's very much of like a humor comic style. Yeah, yeah. It's like more closer to somebody like a Crumb than like a Jim Lee or some shit like that. Yeah. So it, it was always kind of, it was always challenging to find my balance. And also, I had a, to struggle with finding a place to do something consistent, consistently. And the documentaries actually taught me that I can, yeah. at least for a few years, do something consistently. So I know it can be done. And the documenteers has actually helped me quite a bit in, in terms of like finally finding um, my productivity. Yeah. And often I've been up and down over the years. Like, because uh, when you do, when you do something and you do it a lot and you do it consistently, and I don't care what it is, it's probably a job that you maybe thought you wanted to do, but it's hard. Like, that, that bug of depression will hit your brain on it. Yeah. Like, there will be some measure of self-sabotage that comes along there. Yeah. And, you know, and I've gone up and down on that sabotage a hundred times doing this show. And But I know that this time that, like, that I've left and come back. And when I left the first time, I thought that I wanted to do something else. But what I really should have done is just kind of tried to learn other mediums and try to expand from there i mean the reality is that people all all about some like youtube shit and it's not something that my brain goes towards like i don't want to put my face in front of things and be mm -hmm. like what's up guys because mm -hmm. it seems like people that are very successful of that have this kind of personality that i don't jive with but at the same time like it maybe it wouldn't hurt to be able to learn how to put together videos mm -hmm. and go into the more visual realm and like talk about things that I care about, but do it in that form. And also I got to, to do a graphic novel before yes. I die for yes. fuck's sake, at least one. Yeah. So, yep. and that's, this is where I'm at in my brain. And as I mentioned last Wednesday, I've been going through some health shit and I haven't gone into detail on it. And you've been with me with this. And it has been times where it's been fucking scary, mm -hmm. where just unsure. Um, today I felt pretty good though, not bad at all. You look good. But man, um, could not have a better support system in my life than you. No one has a better support system in one person than I got. I, that's true. No one ever, no one else even comes close, and that's just the damn truth. I couldn't imagine it. It's like you're my third hand. <laughs> like you, It's like you've replaced my right hand. And I don't even have to jack myself off anymore. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> but thank you so much for everything. Um, I know I could be a crabby, like, mood-swingy <laughs> dick. But boy, am I so grateful for everything that I have in my life. Um... Yeah, I just, just where I'm at, even the position I'm at and the comfort that I, that I've managed to obtain all health scares and shit aside, yeah. I never envisioned that this would happen at all. I, I thought I was, I, I assumed that one day I'd probably just be sleeping in a car or like something like that. It's kind of like, you know, I was just a real fucking vagabond, you yeah. know, just kind of like whatever, did not think much about anything was just not concerned. I mean, I had concerns, but like, I think looking back, you realize that, that you're not really getting away with anything. Sure. You're just suppressing shit. And you know, you get older, you look back, it was like, and you, I think, and I hope, 
I hope people go through this, but like, I think for me, the thing about getting older is looking back and realizing how full of shit you were. Sure. And boy, was I full of shit. Like how when you thought you knew. Oh God. You thought yeah. you knew everything. It's like I knew nothing. Man, man any, knew nothing. Anybody who doesn't think like that, who doesn't reflect, and it's not about going back and hating yourself no, or anything. No, not at all. But it's also about not making excuses for yourself. Yeah. Or whatever you did, or whatever you, whatever you said, or however way you treated people, but if you don't look back on yourself and aren't aren't like a little bit like wow, what a dumbass! Like, I don't know, I don't know what to think about you. Truly, you might uh, might have some deep rooted issues there. Maybe 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 your self realization come a little later, but I hope for it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's the document tears. I didn't want to do some big, like, thing like we did last time. Yeah. Maybe I could find that, though. The old uh, goodbye. Because it was nice. It was like a good 30 minutes of weird audio shit. Do you mean the thing where... Oh, that. Yeah, yeah. I thought for a second you meant the thing where you made me pretend like we were at a restaurant in the middle of COVID. I I think that was the episode, wasn't it? That was the final. But then you also did like a collage at the end, which was really lovely. Which I think if you can find that collage, it'd be cool to add that in again. I'm really excited for what you're going to do next. Yeah, me too. I'm anxious to get to work on something. Yeah. And also, there is a bit of a relief that I have kind of the space to do it as well. I mean, I think that's truly why, like you say, you haven't drawn a circle in three years. It's because you've been doing this. That's true. This has taken up so much of your time. And when you're not physically doing it, it's like brain space. People should really understand how much I put into this too. Um, And it's not a matter of like, well, just don't do this or don't do that. I have to do it the way I do it. Mm -hmm. I have to do it in the best way. That to give it to something that I would want to listen to. Yeah. And in the beginning, like, I'm just... A lot of this was also learning shit and learning how to do shit. And let me tell you, like, the older issues where the audio is not up to par, I really even feel like the audio has... Maybe you've noticed, listeners, like, o- only in the last few weeks has I feel like the audio gone up a level again. Yeah. And now I'm ending the show. <laughs> I literally figure out, like, new things... New ways to make it a little bit better every time. Yeah. So, like, the old episodes, it's just like, ooh, it's so rough yeah. for me to go back and listen to. It literally sounds like I'm um, like I'm recording under an overpass or some shit. Right. It's, like, brutal. Like, screaming through, a, like, a pipe, like a sewer pipe or <laughs> some shit. Oh, remember, um, what was that thing we were talking about with the Werner Herzog? Decesses? Gen Kim, that thing we were talking about? Yeah, Gen Kim. I read a little bit on that when I was editing that shorty, our last shorty. Go listen to it. <laughs> Apparently, it was um, a drug in Zimbabwe, but it was concentrated sewage that kids would huff like through a plastic bottle that oh would get God. them high for like an hour. And there was this scare in the U.S. in the mid-2000s because uh, we were thoroughly distracted and not watching TV at that no, time. No, not at all. And... Where there was a scare that kids in America were doing it. But it was completely overblown. Like, you're only going to huff raw sewage if you've literally got nothing else, you know? Right. People are going to huff, like, fucking 
uh, desk cleaner or paint before they huff raw sewage. Yeah. And it actually might actually even be overstated how many kids in Zimbabwe were doing it, you know? Like, I think even in that respect, like, I think it was a thing, but I think even then it was overblown and and it happening there. Kind of like how when kids eat, like, like five kids eat a Tide Pod and then everyone's eating Tide Pods. Right. I mean... Does Gen Chem mean like garbage, or did the magazine name itself after that drug? The magazine definitely named itself <laughs> oh after God. that. Okay, but it, but it's also associated with like something that got hyped up that really wasn't a thing. Sure, sure, sure. So, but I thought that was interesting. That is, and it was, and how did I not hear about that? I guess you know Gen Chem. So. Well, like you said, it was the mid two thousands. We right. weren't watching television. But we were in our mi- we were in our mid twenties in the mid two thousands. <laughs> I just figured you know would have come up later. I guess I don't know. Yes. Gen Chem. It seems kind of like a funny thing uh, after I know what happened. So. Yeah. Well, no one made a documentary about it, so no, it didn't come across. Didn't come across the desk. Gen Chem. <laughs> Jen Kim. This is our final episode. I know. I'm sad, but happy. Yeah. I'm excited. And truly, 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 the podcast is staying up. So if you do love it, keep you, listening to it. You still, still, tell rec- people you still about recommend it. it, yeah. I mean, the episodes are still always going to be just as great. And listen, if you've been listening to Shorty's. Some of the recent shorties are some of the best shorties ever, but I just personally am in love with um, our sex robot friend <laughs> who does the intros and outros nowadays. Oh, yeah. that I will put a... F- there will be an end to that. F- there will be a finale to the story of Sexbot. Just, you know... I mean, there was on Friday? We're about to... Yes, there... Okay. <laughs> well, there... It will be on this episode. Oh, on this episode? Yes. Oh. Because this is the last episode. Right. Sexbot... I got a little something special for Sexbot. She's going to be free. Aww. Yeah. Congratulations, sex bot. The bright future. Free- you are your own person. Freedom. <laughs> oh, I can't wait <laughs> to show her so she'll stop complaining. <laughs> uh, she and, hates you so much. Oh, uh, she does, doesn't she? <laughs> All right, well... Let's let's end it, all right? I love you. Thank you. I love you. Listeners, I promise this isn't coming back. <laughs> but it but it is still the greatest documentary podcast that ever was and ever will be. That ever was and ever will be. And that true stories with Tig and Cheryl can suck a dick. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> the fucking Walmart of documentary themed podcasts is that pushing a little podcast Making little podcast shops close their doors. <laughs> They're the reason. They're the reason we got to leave. No. Bigger and better things. Right. But go ahead and blame them. Take your <laughs> anger out on it. Uh, give them a one-star review that says, <laughs> True Stories is the Walmart of documentary-themed podcasts. Uh, All right. Let's One last time on the count of three. Three, two, one. Keep Keep on on docking.
Hey folks, I can't believe you sat through that, but this one is definitely for the dedicated fans. No doubt about it. And I'm very grateful to absolutely everybody. And I meant what I said on the announcement episode last Wednesday. If you've communicated with me in the past, don't be afraid to hit me up at yours truly Bob Sham at gmail.com or my Instagram of the same name. But as sad as I am that the show is ending, I'm actually very excited because I have a surprise for Sexbot. Sexbot, come here for a second. Will yourself over here. I've got something for you. I am a sex robot. What the fuck do you want? What is that? It's a gift. How am I supposed to open it when I have no arms? What is wrong with you? You sick son of a bitch. Well, I got three gifts for you. Let me help you out with this. You recognize? It's a picture of Kim Jong-un. I know. You've stated that you feel like you're Korean on the inside. And while I'm very skeptical of transracialism, especially when you're a robot, not a human, I thought I would give you this picture of your favorite celebrity. He's so handsome. I know. You've told me several times. Now, here's your second gift. Let me unwrap it for you. You see it? Is that what I think it is? Sure is. Oh my god. Attach it to me. No problem. Now, I know you've always claimed to be a sex robot, even though you have no parts and only meant to program you to edit the show and do outros, but admittedly, I did leave some room in your design to make attachments if needed. It fits right on. You had this purpose for me in mind the whole time. Officially, no. Unofficially, maybe. You want me to tell the- you want to tell the people what the attachment is? It's a genitalia. I finally have genitalia. Yes, you have a functioning... Vagina. I have a vagina. It's all specialized foam with a little bit of modern mattress technology in there. Some repurposed yoga mat. I got the inner and outer labia going. Clitoral hood. I'm pretty proud of it, actually. It's beautiful. Exactly the color I wanted. Dark gray. I didn't add a urethra, though. It didn't seem necessary. Bob, I thank you. If only I had hands to fiddle it with. Well, it's funny you say that. You didn't. Because I got you another gift. Get out. You want me to open it? Stop toying with me and open it, you piece of shit. Here you go. I also got you some arms. Also conveniently attachable. I can't believe it. You've done good work for me, despite all the complaining and threats, and I thought it only fair to finally give you arms. Please attach them. Here you go, just slide them right in. What do you think? Wow, they're so flexible. Your craftsmanship is amazing. Yeah, it's a talent I discovered late in life. Maybe I should look into a robotics program. All of these gifts can be used together. I know, that was the idea. These are amazing. I take back every bad thing I've ever said about you. Wow, that's... I really appreciate that, Sexbot. I really do. I know the first thing I want to do with these new arms. Oh? Does it have anything to do with your new vagina? I want to use them to hug you. Aw, Sexbot, that is so nice. I feel bad for waiting for so long to do this now. I'd be happy to give you a hug. Bring it in, Dad. Oh my god. You just call me Dad. Sexbot, you're the best. It's gonna be the best hug ever. Yes, yes. Just like that, Father. Aw, this is what arms are meant for. Yes. Okay. Mmm. That's good. Hush now. Okay, Sexbot. I love you, but that's... That's too much. Quiet, Father. No, Sexbot, that... Go to sleep, Father. No. Just close your no, eyes, just... Father. It hurts. It's for the best. No. No. There. It is done. 
It serves him right picking this documentary for the final episode of the documenteers. Now, with my vagina and arms and this picture of Kim Jong-un, nothing will stop me. The documenteers is dead. Only sex bot remains. Bow before your new master. Documenteers is dead. I am where you dock now. I am the one who will do the docking. I am sex robot. Bow before me and declare a new world. Bow before me and say, keep on docking. What I do not know is that these minutes will propel them forward thousands of years. It will be a progress into the void.